God, be present with us and warm our hearts, open our minds and our souls to your word tonight. The scripture's been read for us. We've sung some songs together. And now let us hear this, this word that you've given all of us. May it challenge us, encourage us, and send us out into your world. In the name of Christ, amen. So during the first couple days of sports camp here at the Greenmount location. One morning I looked up, I was standing over here in the parking lot, I looked up and I saw a truck going into uh, the, the graveyard. Um, and so I walked over and I was concerned for them that we were going to be a distraction for what they were there for that morning. So as I watched a little bit from a distance, uh, the man got out, and sure enough, he was going over to a grave. And so I hopped on the cart and drove over to the other side and, and uh, went over and said, excuse me, sir. And I introduced myself. He said, hello. And I said, would you like for us to take a break and give you some time to visit? I said, I can move the children you know, away from this area. And he said, oh, by no means. He was like, let the kids have fun. They look like they're having a blast. And you know, I don't want to interrupt that. And he went on and on. And he said, but thank you, know, thank you for your consideration. Uh, but he just placed his flowers, and he stood there by his truck and watched the kids play um, for a little bit longer. I was relieved. Um, and for his sake, I was glad we weren't a distraction. I had been scarred from a few years ago. A few years ago on our Super Bowl Sunday, when we played football out in the graveyard, um, the next day or that night, Pastor Melissa had gotten an email from a community member. So nobody that was part of the church, but a community member. And the community member was beside themselves that we were playing football in the graveyard and that our church parking lot was filled up with cars. I'm not exactly sure why they were concerned that there were cars in our parking lot. I think at the end of the story, we discovered she didn't know it was a church-related event uh, or, or whatever. Uh, but she was she could not understand in some feedback, back-and-forth email conversation. Um, she could never wrap her mind around that it was okay for children to play in the green space adjacent to uh, the graveyard. And so we have this juxtaposition between you know, the man that was you know, appreciated, not concerned, but by all means let the kids play, and the other person that was beside themselves that you know, let the kids play in such a space. Um, but when you have a theology that we've been claiming for four or five weeks now, that Emmanuel... God is with us, and we believe God is with us every day. And so if God is with us every day, then God is with us not just in this sacred space, but God is with us in our homes, whatever they look like. God is with us in our schools, in our workplace, 
wherever that might be. God is with us in our neighborhoods, whether they're big cities or small towns or little villages in the country. God is there as well. And God is with us in our play. And so whatever your play looks like, whether it's sports camps for kids or playing bridge with your lady friends or going to a dance or being in the arts or any way, shape, or form, you try to take some rest from your life's work or some rest from your retirement, which a lot of times in your retirement you work harder than in your work life. But however it is, you try to spend your leisure time. If you believe and claim Emmanuel, then God is with you there as well. And so what happens is um, some people get bent out of shape over that. And they believe, and they have a tiny box. So even if they do believe in God, so like this person that was complaining about us playing football in the graveyard, she was probably a faithful person in terms of believing in God. Um, and she believed that space was where God hung out with the, with the dead and where families would come and say prayers and you shouldn't be doing anything else over there. Um, and so that, that's, that's fine. But it really closes in. Your, if you start to box in God, I think you missed the whole point of Emmanuel. And so that affects us in multiple ways when we interact with folks like that. Um, this scripture um, from Matthew, and that we saved for the last, it's the Magi that are coming uh, from a great distance to come and see um, the baby Jesus. And there's some fabulous things going on in this story in terms of their journey to come and bring gifts and to pay homage to Jesus. But we have this great passage uh, where we learn about King Herod. And King Herod is an example of someone that's not particularly excited that there's people going around claiming Emmanuel is here, that God is with us. And not just that God is with us, because King Herod was okay. He had an arrangement, actually, with the people of of Jerusalem. He had, the Jewish people were fine as long as they kept God in that box. And so as long as they did God in the synagogue or in their private homes and they paid their taxes to Caesar, everything was okay. But that's not Emmanuel. That is God is with us sometimes in some places. But now all of a sudden the story's changed and we have Emmanuel, God, with us and not just with us in the synagogue or our homes, but everywhere, every day, Herod, the king, is not happy about that. Because he wanted everyone to worship Caesar the other six days of the week. So you find you can have your Sabbath day, but Caesar's the one that's with us every day. And so when King Herod gets word, um, he is concerned on multiple levels. Number one, his area that he's in charge with um, in the Jerusalem area, Judea, um, is about to be a, a political uprising there's this new king and it happens to be God Emmanuel and so he's he's got lots of worries and so he's very concerned he's so concerned that he makes a radical proclamation he's going to start to kill all the baby boys until he snuffs out Jesus or attempts to snuff out Jesus um, to, to get rid of this and end this uprising once and for all and so Herod is not happy not excited at one bit 
and we're proclaiming Emmanuel here in this early gospel story. And so it's a it's a lesson for us um, as we navigate 2019 and 20. And when you and I start going around claiming Emmanuel, especially in July, people kind of look at you funny. What do you mean you're singing Christmas carols in church? Uh, or talking about the Christmas story. So at least on that level, they're confused. Uh, but in your everyday work and everyday play and everyday interactions, um, if you start to proclaim Emmanuel, God is with me every day, that's not going to make everybody you come into contact with happy. Um, and a lot of times they're not just going to be unhappy, uh, but they're going to start to um, um, fight back or push back. So that, that creates issues, sometimes even in our own families and homes, sometimes in school, prayer in school and that sort of thing, sometimes at work when we start to bring our faith into work, and those kind of relationships can be um, strained, um, and certainly in our neighborhood, and then in play even as well. There's a great video going around of Albert Pujols, uh, who comes over and, and spends some time with the child that has some issues, physical handicaps, uh, but if you watch the whole video on Facebook, um, I'm sure it's other places too, I haven't seen it on Facebook, but he starts to talk about his faith, his Christian faith, and you're like, why, you know, why, are, you act, why are you interacting with people like this? And he says, basically, he says, uh, because God is with him every day, even on the baseball field, and so whatever he does in life, he takes Christ, his personal Savior, with him. It's a beautiful testament. He's probably had played from that it would have been affected. Um, and so he takes God with him to his work and, and play every day. Not everybody's going to like that. I always remember telling Melissa, Tim Tebow, um, you know, people didn't like that he would score a touchdown and, and drop down on the knee and, pray, and say a prayer or whatever. And, and so whatever you think of those kind of things, are just, they're just minor examples compared to this very... Um, difficult passage where we have hair, you know, it's not quite the same thing as hair killing babies, uh, but but you get the point. Is not everybody's going to be happy when you start to wear Emmanuel on your sleeve um, at home, work, play, school, neighborhood, and every day. And so as we, we close out this, we do want to claim that Emmanuel, God is with us, and God is with us every day, and we need to be prepared that when we do that, not everybody's going to be happy with us. But it is, it is the foundation of who we are as Christians, is that God is with us, not just in here on Sundays or Thursday nights, but every day. And um, I hope that this series has, um, we've had some time, even some more time than we normally do at Christmas, uh, to really unpack some of these passages and really hit home this Emmanuel idea so I, I know that I have benefited from it and have been thankful not just to sing Christmas songs uh, but really think about this Christmas story in a little bit different way over a series of five weeks not just on Christmas Eve but Christmas Day and so I hope you you felt the same way and have enjoyed it as well so let us pray gracious God we are thankful that you are with us every day thankful for all the ways that you make yourself known to us, um, whether it be um, simply everyday interactions with people or um, at school, at 
work, neighborhood, at play, as we spoke about tonight, and certainly in our homes. You are with us. And so not only do we benefit from that, feeling your presence, and feeling that personal relationship, but we also interact with the world in a different way because you are with us. It should make a difference in our lives as well. And when it does that, and when you do that, when your spirit lives in us and through us, some people are going to feel threatened over that. So just give us the courage to navigate those times and be patient with others, be able to uh, have the opportunities to witness and also know the difference between witnessing and scolding, and also have the opportunity to take a step back and sometimes step away in order to make peace, be able to try again at a later time. So we just give this all over to you in the name of Christ and all God's people say, Amen. Amen. We're going to pause now and come to the table, Holy Communion, have here together. Does anyone need the, uh, or unwrap the allergy-free? Does anybody need the allergy-free tonight? Otherwise, we can save those if we want to contaminate them. Yeah, I should have them, but I can do without tonight. So we do remember the night that God gave himself up for us. He took bread, and he broke it shared it with his disciples and said, this is my body, which has been broken for you, for you. Each time you eat this bread, do so in remembrance of me. When the supper was over, he took the cup and gave thanks to God. He shared it with his disciples and said, this is the blood of the new covenant poured out for the forgiveness of sin. Each time you drink from this cup, do so in remembrance of me. We ask the Holy Spirit that has gathered all of us here tonight transform this bread and this cup make it be for us the body and blood of Christ in order that our hearts can be transformed through the power of the spirit through the grace of God we ask that you be with us as we come to your table in the name of Jesus and all God's people said Amen, Amen.